Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the lineup, Officer Magazine's roundup of this week's police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, Assistant Editor for Officer Magazine. And with me today is... Retired Lieutenant Frank Borelli, who has already started packing to go to Las Vegas on Sunday because SHOT Show's coming up next week. That's right. You've got that uh, coming up, your your big week. Oh, it's it's awesome. You know, the, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a lineup, uh, if not next week, the week after that. Um, I average somewhere between 10 and 12 miles a day while I'm there, and it's a six-day event. Um, just the way everything's organized. On average, I lose five pounds, which I certainly could do four or five times and be happy with. But it, it's um, the biggest thing I think for me this year is it's going to be in the 60s there. And that'll be a nice break. Yeah, that'll be. Oh, my gosh. Get the <laughs> shorts out and everything. Yeah, right. Oh. <clears throat> All right. Well, as always, always, we have a pack show, so let's get started. Um, our first story, and obviously uh, the biggest story of the week, was the report by the U.S. Department of Justice concerning the police response to the two to the 2022 uh, mass school shooting in Evaldi, Texas. Um, the findings of the report were highly critical of the response, um, citing uh, the fact that there um, no one took a clear role as the on-scene commander, and that led to um, what they called cascading failures um, within the response. Um, one of the most damning statements of the report uh, was this um, – Relevant policies and training directs officers to drive toward the threat and engage the subject to stop the killing. This did not happen. Uh, Frank, you and I, I don't know that we've ever sort of talked directly about this. I know in passing and and uh, when we've talked about active shooting, we, we've brought this up, but you've been... Um, You've you've kind of talked about uh, sort of that lack of, of leadership uh, on the scene in, in, a, in a case like this. Yeah. And, um, you know, who's in charge on scene and who's in command? One, one of the things that I was taught very on, very, very early on as an active shooter instructor was that uh, nobody off scene should ever be in command of the on scene stuff because there's there's just no way to do it efficiently. Mm -hmm. There's a delay, even if it's radio back and forth, there's a delay. They're, they're not aware of 100 percent of circumstance conditions and so on and so forth. Um so, you know, having somebody in command, we, we, our policy was always the first person there was the one in command. They've got the most information. They, they've been there the longest. They, they've had the most time to either formulate a plan or enact a plan, and they're all, they should be in the midst of it. But here's a couple of things I want to point out about this report, Joe. Mm -hmm. um, number one, look how much time it's taken the doj to put this report out okay yeah baldy happened in 2022 we're now in 2024 so you want to talk about time to analyze 18 months plus um the the, the guys on scene they don't have 18 months to analyze what they're doing so i i, I some part of me takes umbrage with this in detail analysis and when we say in detail 
It's 575 pages long. You know, how much of that's really necessary and how much of that is uh, an evidence case? And, I, you know, this report, the, the article, and, and for the for the record, um, we didn't write this article, okay? This is uh, a syndicated article. We, we contract our news, some of it, and Joe does a great job of doing rewrites on a lot of other of it, but this is a syndicated report, syndicated article. And one of the statements in here is that, uh, you know, if the the report provides little new insight into a flawed response and does not call for any criminal charges against officers who contributed to the delay. That's the kind of statement that really irks me. And here's something people, and I wrote an article about this, it's somewhere on our website. Here's what people forget. Ever since the beginning of active shooter response, we have trained to be aware of the fact that an active shooter can change to a hostage barricade situation at any given moment. And that once it has changed to a hostage barricade situation, if we continue to press forward, we can be at fault for forcing the bad guys into position of shooting more innocents. So anybody who wasn't on the scene in the moment who wants to be critical needs to hold their tongue. I wasn't there. I don't know what they did right or wrong. I don't know if somebody thought it was a hostage barricade and it wasn't or what happened. But it, it irks me that everybody just assumes. I saw one report where um, a, a, a reporter, a, a journalist, wanted to know why they didn't shoot the bad guy in the parking lot before he ever even got to the street. Right. He hadn't committed a crime yet. We're just going to execute him in the parking lot? Stuff like that irks me. I, I want to get a hold of this report, and I want to read it in detail. Uh, rest assured, I'll be writing up something about this for officer.com. And a... Your point about the the length that it's taken for this report, I, the thing about if it's going to take that long, I, you really it, it needs to have steps as far as what needs to be going forward, not just for um, the uh, the agencies in in Evaldi, but across the country. What what can be learned from this? What can be taken away um, so that response improves? What you know, even even in a uh, an incident that things went quote unquote uh, well, um, you know, there are still points is to say, Hey, you know, this was different. We encountered this thing different. Hey, this is a tip. We should, you know, this is something we should uh, practice. We should uh, uh, use going forward. And uh, you know, I, I guess, and, and obviously in, in, in sort of the mainstream media, you're not going to hear a lot of that. That's, that's sort of more of a, what I'll say inside baseball type of thing, but I, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a, a lot. I'll, I'd like to see that because more of that, because going forward in the future, you, you want the, you don't want a repeat of this kind of, of situation uh, uh, of the failure, according to the report of, of the leadership on site. You, you know, you, you want those uh, mistakes not to pop up again in other responses. You know what? You're absolutely, I don't know a single police officer who says, I don't want to know because I don't want to learn from it. Mm -hmm. But every officer I know says, I want to learn from the mistakes, but let them be valid mistakes. Not some, you know, not somebody who has no clue saying, oh, they did this wrong. If you don't know exactly. law enforcement tactics, if you don't know policy and procedure, if you've never worn the badge and carried a gun and walked into bullets flying at you, 
you need to monitor how judgmental you are. Right. And it, exactly. There's there is the time for there is the criminal investigation, but then there is the um, the constructive, hey, this is what we need to to change um, good or bad going forward. Um, you know, even even when you have the good responses, you can say, hey, you know what, this this could end up being a problem. It hasn't yet. Let's let's fix it. So there's, there's something to be learned from every response, no matter how successful it is. You're absolutely exactly, right. Yeah. Moving on to our next story. This is out of Vermont um, and just a, a dramatic rescue. We've we've talked about uh, uh, water rescues before. Uh, this is a little different because season being winter, um, this trooper plunged into icy water to save an eight year old girl who had fallen into a frozen pond. Um, it, you know, it, you it said it, that once you hit the water, when it's that kind of cold, you, you have seconds before um, things start getting bad for you. And um, for a trooper to, um, you know, risk her life this way to save a, a young child uh, and able to pull her out of the water uh, uh, safely and she survived and recovered uh, is just great. Um, kudos to, to this trooper, um, Michelle Archer, um, for for rescuing uh, this young uh, young lady. Yeah, and, and there was a civilian on scene that had gone in the water and pulled out a six-year-old. There was two girls that fell in the water, and Archer saved the eight-year-old. A bystander saved the six-year-old. Tip of the hat to both of them. But, you know, this just goes to show um, – it's another one of those instances where an officer does something just by driven to it, right? It, whether it's instinct, whether it's a sense of duty, whether it's whatever, you know, we hate to see a child suffer. Um, to plunge yourself into freezing water, knowing hypothermia is coming. And I don't know, you know, there's nothing in the article about whether or not they ditched a gun belt first or what, how much weight you're wearing into the water. Uh, it's easy to drown, and in height, in, mm -hmm. in water, this cold, it's easy to be hypothermic in um, less than a minute. So, uh, absolutely, uh, tip of the hat to this officer. Um, you know, it looks like they're going to get a life-saving award from the agency. Uh, I hope somebody buys them both some nice, like, battery-operated heating undergarments oh. or gloves. Or, I mean, there, there's got to be an acknowledgement here, and I'm being half facetious. That was damn cold. I, I, I'd have gone in there, but let me tell you something. I wouldn't have been happy about it. No, because even when you come out, you're still going to be cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. That's oh. not going away until nope. you get out of your clothes. I, I want to add, too, to uh, actually a story that we're recording this uh, Friday that I posted today on the story about another um, ice water rescue. This just was unusual in the fact that the this is out of Michigan, Michigan State Trooper who used a rope and a life preserver to pull uh, a man who had fallen into fallen through thin ice. But in order to get across this thin ice, to get the rope across the thin ice, the trooper recru recruited the the man's dog to yeah. pull and just first off ingenious idea by the trooper. Second. Great job by the dog. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, sometimes as well trained as a dog can be, it may not hasn't necessarily uh, know what to do in this situation. But wow, it just I was I was impressed. Yeah, and and what great thinking, right? Mm -hmm. 
Moving on to our next story, um, we'll head over to California, where this is a case of um, timeliness or unluckiness, depending on your point of view. Uh, a Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy was just walking into a convenience store um, when he inadvertently interrupted uh, a robbery and was able to help apprehend four suspects um, who were apparently uh, trying to rob the, the convenience store. Um, the uh, the incident was caught on the security cameras, uh, the security camera in the in the store. But um, just boy, that's one of those things you're you're thinking, hey, I'm going to go grab a snack. And and what do you walk into? But uh, four people apparently uh, trying to get away with uh, some uh, cash from the cash register. You know, I, I think this has happened to probably a lot of officers. We just don't hear about it as much. I know it happened to me a couple of times. I walked in on an armed robbery uh, as a young military police officer. Um, I walked in on a, a strong arm robbery at a 7-Eleven working the street uh, in Maryland. You know, it, it it happens actually probably, you know, like I said, more often than we think. We don't see the reports about it because it doesn't make the news. Um, but and, and this I'm going to feed into our next story because our next story uh, is about a city that's getting rid of its police department. And and I, I would remind everybody listening that without our police officers, you don't have the eight-year-old girl rescued from the icy water like we just talked about. You don't have uh, an officer just happens to walk into a convenience store and interrupt a robbery. These are all things that happen spontaneously. Um, or that we're dispatched to, and I don't, I don't know if the eight-year-old rescue was the, the rescue. Of the eight-year-old was a, a dispatch caller. If you rolled up one, I didn't read th that depth. Um, we we getting rid of of law enforcement, either a little bit or a lot, has consequences. And in this case, if they'd had just one less officer, when you think about it, convenience store robbery would have been successful. Four suspects would have gotten away. They'd have gone on to rob someplace else. And maybe have been bolder and got more violent and aggressive. I, I, I tip my hat to the officer. I'm glad all this worked out okay. Um, those moments are always interesting because you walk in thinking, okay, I'm thirsty. I'm going to go get this. Maybe I'm going to get some chewing gum. And holy crap, the place is being robbed. And, uh, you know, you go from zero to 100 miles an hour in a half a second. Yeah, and and that is a great point about the the presence in the in in any community of of a police officer just you know being on that patrol um it, that you know it, it's it you you can't uh i guess you can't really measure it in, in, a, in a lot of respects yeah um, we've said and, that several times we yeah. never know we will never know how much crime has been deterred by law enforcement presence because it never got reported right right well, moving on to our next story, as you were saying, this um, we're talking about uh, a, a depart or a city that uh, is looking at getting rid of its department. This is out of Florida, where um, Stark City commissioners voted to eliminate the police department and um, contract out their law enforcement services to the Bradford County Sheriff's Office. Um, this was a, a a budget move, a cost cutting move. Um, let me see here the. Um, 
the police, the Stark Police Department was budgeted at around uh, $1.1 million. And the contract uh, that the city will be um, uh, will have with the sheriff's office is uh, $625,000. Um, so this is uh, we've boy last year, I we talked about a lot of a lot of these smaller communities for different reasons, some some for budget, others for political reasons or, or what have you. Um, in a lot of cases, I, I want to say these these departments were about their single digit um, officers, you know, maybe three or four officers. This uh, Stark Department had uh, has 11 police officers and a civilian employee, plus the chief, um, interestingly, who is an elected official. So even though the department will be dissolved uh, I believe they need a referendum in order to eliminate his actual position. So that's still kind of up in the air. Um, but uh, we've, ta we've talked about this, Frank, that when you, even though these communities are going without, or, or they're not going without law enforcement, they're, you know, they're picking up the sheriff's departments, um, that's still got to be a, a drain on the sheriff's department. I mean, it, it, at what point, it, what becomes the breaking point for those agencies where they are spread too thin, either geographically or, or, or just um, the sheer workload? So a couple of observations here, and I think sure. I might answer your question. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the city that I've most recently been affiliated with, uh, New Carrollton City Police Department of Maryland, they used to contract Prince George's County Police Department to uh, patrol their city, have dedicated cars. I think they had one or two patrol cars, not 24 hours a day, but 12 to 16 hours a day. And it was costing them 700 and something thousand dollars a year. Um, as compared to when they started their own police department, they started out with 15 officers. Now they have 23 as an approved strength. Um, and what you end up seeing is a per officer cost that's much lower when you look at the services. So the city, you know, State City, is it State City or Stark City? Stark. Okay. Um, they they decide to do away with an 11-man police department, which has a budget of $1.1 million. That's $100,000 per officer when you just do the math, right? Mm -hmm. And they're, and they're going to contract the sheriff's office, and it's only going to run the city around $625,000. So here's what I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that that $625,000 is for um, five or six deputies to work overtime. So this will be secondary employment. The, the, the sheriff's office will pay them to work overtime, which means they're going to get paid time and a half, whatever their normal salary is. And it will only be during high crime hours as determined by whatever data management software they're using. So they won't have 24-7 coverage anymore, and they won't have two or three officers on the street, what they'll have is one deputy, maybe two on Friday and Saturday evenings for four or five hours working overtime. Um, and that, that and I'm not saying the deputies will slack, but that changes their motivation, right? It, it, right. It, it, it does impact how dedicated to the city that they are. And, and I think what they'll see, I think what Stark City will see is in three or four years, they go, wow, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we saved this money. We saved half a million dollars a year, but our crime rates doubled. 
<clears throat> you know, and it'll be it'll be during the times where people will figure out when the deputies are there and when they aren't. And you know, the 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 way that the deputies provide service, they you know, whether they know the citizens or not, the good people, the bad people, blah, blah, blah. The relationships all matter. I don't I there's no way for me to see this as a good idea. I, I think those commissioners need to find a better way to manage their budget. And I I think, you know, last year when when we had talked about uh, one of these communities, um, well, I remember one of the residents making such a good point, which is once you eliminate a department like this, it, it, it you 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 can't just start it up again. There's there's it requires so much energy, you know, so much capital, so much energy to to do that. Once you once you disband, that's you. That's it. You can't. There's not really going back from that. And um, and you know, you just hope that um, yeah, these city lawmakers are are really um, thinking about that when they're you know, and not just not simply the the bottom line. Well, you know, and I know a municipality that since 1980, so you're talking about 40 plus years, right? They have. Formed a police department, disbanded their police department, formed a police department, disbanded their police department, <laughs> formed they done it three times. Um, and and it, it's a political move. It's people okay. running for office saying, I'm gonna bring the police department back. And then somebody running for office going, We're wasting money, we're gonna disband them, and then somebody running for office going, We're gonna bring the police. They 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 need to serve the citizens, and I don't think mm -hmm. that's happening in Stark City. But anyway. Moving on to our next story. Uh, this is out of Nebraska. Um, <laughs> last year, I, I I sort of uh, unofficially labeled it the year of the forklift since uh, apparently there were a lot of uh, low-speed chases uh, with uh, police with people in stolen forklifts. Uh, apparently, we're starting off 2024 with uh, possibly the year of the skid loader. Um, uh, a man in Lincoln uh, stole a uh, bobcat to skid loader from his employer and um, is accused of going on a rampage uh, with it, uh, hitting multiple vehicles, including a police cruiser with the officer still inside. Um, it, we've seen before vehicles used as weapons, and this is a construction vehicle um, being used as weapon and the, the I, I guess the loader part of it uh, being used as a ram. Um, and it, you know, it's one thing to laugh about the the low speed chase with the with the forklift or whatever, but uh, you know when when you see these things used as a weapon, uh, you know it get it gets scary. And thankfully, the you know the officer was able to stop uh, uh, the uh, the individual without uh, without any anyone getting injured, uh, either the suspect or the officer. Uh, but still, um, you know, a scary situation. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't even know where to start with this, Joe. It, <laughs> it, it, this is um, when, when you look at a, a skid loader, right? And I, I inevitably think of forklifts and that's not what this is, but it's got these big chunks of steel that stick yeah. out the front end. It weighs tons um, and it's on tracks. So literally this thing can probably just pick up a police vehicle and go on down the road with it up in the air. Um, or if it has anything sharp on the front of that, that bucket or, you know, whatever's sticking out the front end, 
it can put that right through the side. It'll go through the side of police vehicles like it's plastic. Um, and, and, you know, stab into or tear up whatever's inside, including the officers. This is a really scary situation that there isn't an easy um, a, a, an easy answer to address. Uh, you know, those of us who've been in the military be like, well, you know, an anti-tank weapon would work. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we don't really want to leave a crater in the road and somebody would sue us for using lethal force against the driver who was just going for a joyride. Uh, unless he presents a lethal threat, we really can't blow him up. So, yeah, yeah scary situation. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't me. I'm glad it got resolved. Hopefully we don't have too many copycats. Spike strips aren't going to work. No, no, that's true. Yeah, it's just, just scary all the way around. Uh, and again, I, I just just wonder, just keep the keys out of out of these if you're not, if you're not uh, with the construction equipment, that's that's the one thing I'll say. Right. Moving on to our next story. Uh, this is back in California, um, which is, is this is a great story. Um, back in December, uh, San Diego Police Sergeant Anthony Elliott uh, was shot in the excuse me, shot in the head um, and uh, during response and lost the use of his left arm and leg and was unable to walk um, after a month of rehab now he was able to return to san diego and is walking again um uh, there's video of him uh visiting the the station um you know talking with colleagues and everything and it, it's just great to see him getting around and and he actually looks good <laughs> um i i great i just it's just great that uh to see this um you know, a lot of times we talk or, or uh, we'll run these stories about um, officers who are are injured um, in the line of duty. Um, but a lot of times we don't necessarily follow up, um, you know, uh, that far afterward to, to see how they've progressed, how they have been healing. Um, but this is great to see um, uh, that, uh, you know, he he's he's rehabbing he's he's getting it to walk um so you know that i i'm it just it warms my heart it does and i i want to i want to congratulate the sergeant um you know a lot of people see there, there's a story that we that i heard a long time ago about a guy who got shot with a 22 in his belt buckle and the bullets, the belt buckle stopped the bullet, but the guy was so convinced that he'd been shot. And when you get shot, you die. He literally fell over dead. Um, most people we think about getting shot in the head, assume that means I'm going to die. <clears throat> I want to tip my hat to this guy. Not only, I mean, he's either really hard headed or extremely <laughs> resilient, but gets shot, paralyzed on one side, rehabs his heart out. So they tell him he's never going to walk again. A lot of people would just accept that and go, okay, I got to learn how to live with not walking. Not this guy. You know, Sardinelli, he goes through all this rehabilitation, pushes himself, keeps his outlook, walks out of the hospital, goes and visits. He's getting all this use back. You know, he need, he is a prime example of what positive thinking and determination can accomplish. And I hope people learn a lesson from him. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, it's just it is remarkable too the the time frame uh, to do to do what he's done. Um, I, you know, I don't know the 
the severity of, of all of the injuries, but to, to, to have to, to not just that emotionally and mentally, you know, you, you, you feel you can't, you can't walk. You've lost the use of, of some of your limbs um, to not let that just, you know, emotionally cripple you to, to the point where, you know, you, you, you kind of want to give up I mean. to keep fighting. Yeah. It just, yeah. He didn't give up hope. He went, well, I don't care yeah. what you tell me. I'm going to go do this. Yeah. And he did it. So great job. Uh, I, you know, continued success on it on his rehabilitation. Absolutely. Finally, for our last story, uh, this is out of Tennessee and it's a case of maybe reconsider when you're you're going to be committing your crimes uh memphis oh excuse me memphis police um got help from uh the snowy conditions in uh apprehending uh two suspects in a beauty store break-in um they had responded to the call of the break-in found the front uh window of the store broken and uh in the snow footprints which they followed and found two suspects still in the parking lot um, with uh, the uh, stolen beauty uh, products. Um, Frank, you before we got on, uh, you had mentioned that uh, you would run into a, a similar situation uh, when you were on uh, when you were an officer. Yep, we had uh, back in the nineties. <clears throat> we had a call. It had snowed probably about a foot and a half. Got a burglary call one morning. Uh, go report, you go take the report, look around the crime scene. We realized that there are pristine footprints out the back door where these people had broken in. Uh, and we followed the footprints directly to the suspect's front door. I mean, it was about a block and a half away. Uh, two brothers had committed the crime, um, had stolen some guns. But, you you know, this this definitely goes in the stupid crook file. Um right. If it's even if it's if it's a heavy doofel, I've seen people who can track some amazing ways, right? Um, but when you're leaving footprints in a foot and a half of snow, or four inches of snow, or any kind of snow, how stupid you got to be? <laughs> yeah, th yeah. Th this wasn't a case of of you know, yeah, remarkable tracking abilities. Uh, yeah, no, this I could have done it, and I'm not a good <laughs> tracker. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Drag your feet, make it one. I, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I, or better yet, maybe reconsider. You know, take the day off. There you take, go. Take a snow day. Wait till it melts to commit exactly. crime. Duh. <laughs> it's cold out anyway. Well, that is that wraps it up for us this week. Thank you again, as always, for listening. Um, we hope you're back next week. And next week, like uh, Frank had said at the top, he's going to be in Las Vegas uh, at SHOT Show. So good luck with that. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Hey, you know, and I feel bad about saying it that way. Just as, I think this is my 20th or 21st SHOT Show. I haven't missed one since 2004. Obviously, they canceled the one in 2021. But how many ever that is, um, it has changed so much over the years. Um, it's really not what it used to be it, it's it's a lot more corporate uh a lot less friendly a lot more stress um but again i, I won't be walking around in 30 degree snowy weather it'll be in the 60s no and you're you're gonna you're going into the new year getting your exercise you're, you're oh, gonna yeah. be set so. a lot of it <laughs> but yeah well, thanks man i'll we'll keep everybody updated 
Thanks again for listening. Take care and stay safe. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.